Hey everyone, thanks for listening in. My name is Natalia, and this is going to be the first episode in my podcast, Diving Deep. So today we're going to be talking with my friend Georgia, who's a PhD student in neuroscience. So today in the podcast, we're going to do something a little bit different. So Natalia came to me and said that she wanted to talk to me about something particular, and she didn't really completely disclosure to me what that was. So we're just kind of going to have a back and forth where she's going to introduce a little bit um, what she wanted to talk about, and it's just going to be my blunt reaction to it, and we're going to carry on a conversation. Uh, so I'm excited. So Nachi, tell me what's in your heart. What do you want to talk about? So this is going to be a very spontaneous topic. Uh, Georgia doesn't really know what I'm going to be saying, but today we're going to be talking about the three different voices that are inside of every human being, and we're going to focus on um, on identifying these voices and understanding how they work in our lives when we're making decisions and we're trying to solve problems <clears throat> and which voices are best for us to focus on when we are making these decisions and, and trying to find solutions. Um, and we consult with these voices very often, but they end up getting um, sort of, they, they end up colliding with each other because they are so different and so peculiar in their way of seeing the world and talking to us. So what I wanted to, to first identify are the voices. So the three voices are um, the intellectual voice, which is mostly the rational voice that we have inside of ourselves. It's a very logical voice. Um, so it tends to try to solve problems and inspire us towards making decisions that are going to be the most objective. Um, and it tends to think about things in a very automized way. And then there's the heart, which is a voice that tends to be more, um, more motherly, almost quite emotional and tends to see the best in everything. It can almost sometimes bring us into this fantasy world where everything is just rosy and everything is perfect and everybody is and everything's going to be okay and everyone's going to help us and then that's, there's a the last i was just going to say that's like the hopeless optimistic voice inside their hearts like the romantic voice i guess yes exactly so that kind of voice that always tries to be optimistic even when things are not realistic even when you're when you're looking at um when you're looking at your choices when you're looking at what's happening and reality is much different you know there there are many flaws there are many um difficult things going on but this voice tries to make them tries to appease everything every problem that is occurring and um really makes you focus on the positive too much yeah um, then you can create some sort of like illusion of what's actually happening and it's very exactly. difficult to live in that illusion exactly so it brings you into that fantasy world that um, can totally distort your way of thinking and guide you into making the wrong decisions. And then there's the last voice, which is the voice that I'm going to probably be mo be focusing on the most, um, which is a relatively new voice to me in terms of um, how I've discovered it and how I've began focusing on it. It's always been there. It's always been inside of me, but um, I spent so long ignoring it and avoiding it. and trying to um, muffle the voice. 
even though it was always talking to me and trying to communicate its its profound knowledge. Um, and that's the gut voice, the voice of intuition. It's visceral. It's it's really when you say you have a gut feeling, right? That's that's the type of that's where the voice is coming from, from that gut feeling. Um, and a lot of the times you cannot really describe what that gut feeling is. It's just a feeling. Exactly. It, and it's usually very powerful. Mm. Um, to me, the only way that I can truly describe it is like it's sort of like a punch. Um, just this powerful punch that just hits you out of nowhere and you know what to do. Um, and you just you're so you're so confident in that voice. Yet, because of the other voices that are kind of still talking in the background, you get lost and you can end up emphasizing those other voices over the gut feeling over that over that visceral voice because um, those voices are more are more familiar they are more they, they've been they've become really powerful voices inside of you from how much you focus on them because yeah. um, I, I feel like as humans we're always kind of in between this like rational mind that is able to like um, look at things and categorize things and apply logic to them and then you sort of like end up with a bunch of statements of truths, right? And then we also know how we feel. We know how we feel about stuff. We know when you're feeling good and when you're feeling bad. And then you have so like the hard com component and the rationality, maybe it's things that we're more aware of that is normal for humans. But the intuition, that's that's the thing. I, I don't know how to classify the intuition itself. I feel like we all know what it means to have a good feeling. And when I say intuition, you know what I'm talking about, but it's very hard for me to classify what it is inside our minds, right? Mm -hmm. It's very mystical, I think. It, mm -hmm. It's something, it's almost like a sixth sense. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really difficult to classify because I feel like it's, it's more of an energy rather than something that, um, that we can express because emotions are easily expressed. Like, if you're angry, you may yell, you you know, yeah. you might punch something. If you're sad, you're going to cry. If you're happy, you're going to laugh, you're going to smile. So those are emotions are easier, I think, to identify because of how we're able to express them in in real life. So we're able to actually um, communicate those emotions to other people and to the world. And our thoughts are also very easy, our mental um our mental uh, mechanisms are easily also uh, communicated because of the words we use and, and just our language itself. Um, we're able to put our thoughts into words and mm. that helps us communicate with, um, with the intellect, I think. But with the gut, it's instinctual. It's almost something um, that comes from our roots as human beings. And so it's, it's, it's always been there. Um, like even when you were born you had instincts to um to for example cry when you needed um mm -hmm. when you needed to to drink something but the crying itself is classified as an emotion and not your instinct mm. um but there is an instinct to actually do that um but the instinct itself can't really be easily defined because it's something from the inside that's really visceral and that's the image that i can kind of create from that Okay, if that is it. but if I were to ask you a question, so what does our instinct want? Because I feel like if it's putting us to do some sort of behavior and if it like punches you or some truth or some decision that you have to make, what's the end goal? 
because we try with like analyzing our emotions and rationalizing over our thoughts we try to make sense of what we need right um under like so many things that we need and so many <clears throat> goals that our minds have but like what would the intuition be trying to show you if it shows you so the intuition i don't think it has an end goal i think it's it's there to give you like this profound ancient knowledge that your body already holds mm-hmm. that you as a human already hold but it's it's and it's already there you just have to be able to connect to it you have to be able to listen to it um i think the mind tries to keep you safe it tries to make sure you're making the best decisions the heart is very emotionally involved so it wants mostly to be um to be loved to be cared for to 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 feel pleasure um so i think those are the differences between the heart and the mind but i think the instinct itself it's there with just this 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 truth that is that is just entrenched in you and you have to connect to it so a story that i wanted to tell was that this is actually a voice that i like i said i got in touch with very recently and i've been focusing on it more and more um over the last you know couple of of months actually um but before um for example i was seeing this guy a long time ago and um we began this relationship and at first i was guided by my emotional voice that that heart voice that i was talking about um so i would try to see everything that was good about this person and i emphasized that i highlighted that my daily life um and even when there were a bunch of red flags being shown to me um for them i would always try to take that away and just focus on the good so for example if we got into a fight and he was disrespe- disrespectful towards me i would try to that that voice from the heart would say like oh let's give it another shot you know give him a second chance um and over and over things would keep repeating patterns would keep occurring like negative patterns and that voice would always come out on top it would always be the guiding voice um in my life and this has been the case for many other um for many other occasions not only for romantic relationships but also for you know friendships for decisions about um my path in life and other things that um that this voice had a lot of you power. You mean the heart voice, um, right? That's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the heart voice. Um, and I remember also the mind, the, the voice from the mind would also come into the game sometimes and it would try to objectively and rationally look at the situation, especially if I was feeling frustrated and if the heart voice had been guiding me to stay in that relationship, to stay in that, um, to stay in that environment. Um, so... I would activate like this this rational mind would come in and it would try to solve the problem objectively it would just be like this little robot coming in just like walking in and trying to you know let's fix this um and i remember that i was just at the time i was like making this mental list about everything that was good about this person everything that was bad about this person and trying to you know come to a conclusion about what I should do in terms of the relationship if there was more good than bad or more bad than good um and it would just be this endless decision I feel like and I feel like um, every time that I go and write it down pros and cons of the situation 
it never gives me objective <clears throat> like even if there's more pros and cons i would never make a decision based on that it's just there is some sort of subjective um weight into how i make decisions that never cl clarifies whenever i go full-blown rational about it right so even though we try to rationalize um and try to think logically about the decision we should make especially when it comes to emotional matters i think i think even more um, specifically we end up finding that there is no objective conclusion there's no practical answer can't get to um, a pragmatic uh, solution towards something like a relationship that is so complex and full of of different factors that go into it so you end up like i, I feel like the the mind voice that that rational voice it's sort of like a hamster on on its wheels like running on the wheels you just you see the hamster running and it doesn't get anywhere right so it just it just stays in the same place it started and i feel like that's how the mind works and we we tend to use it when the when the heart voice just goes off on its on its tangent about how great everything is and so what i noticed was during that relationship um when the mental voice and the heart voice were always colliding there was another voice that kept trying to communicate with me and it would be also a very powerful voice but i tend i, I always ignored it i always it came up viscerally and it would just say no <laughs> this isn't for you this person isn't for you and it was very it was sort of like almost cutting like it was just so like it, it spoke like it was just speaking the truth i know exactly what you're talking about and it hurts like it, not not that it hurts but like i i definitely been in the situation that you are you are as conflicted and you're trying to you know figure out what your heart wants and what your mind is telling you and then there's this i feel like every time we're very like we're confronting like two situations like my mind is telling me one thing and my heart is telling me a different thing there's always a solution that is not about listening to the heart and it's not about listening to the mind it's a third solution that i guess it's exactly what you bring in here it's like this third voice that really knows what you what you want and what you need right yeah and one of the most i think amazing things is that um scientists have found that there is a direct connection um, between the gut and the brain so the the gut actively uh, communicates with the brain and so that that's why so many different uh, pathologies of the mind end up affecting your gut so a lot of people have um, gastrointestinal problems actually suffer from psychological issues as well like depression anxiety and and different um, and different ailments of the mind and so I found that so amazing because if you are cut off from your instincts, right? If you're cut off from that gut feeling, from from those roots, right? Um, you feel lost. I feel like it, it cuts you. If you're not paying attention to that instinctive voice, it cuts you off from, from your inner power as a human being, from your body, because your body contains that knowledge. And it comes viscerally from that part. I feel like, because the, the way you said it, it just seems like, your gut is tell like your stomach's telling something to your brain and i mean there is a connection i feel like it goes back and forth in a way right like i feel like every connection that you have 
brain and it body does. it's like the brain is affecting and then the body is affecting so like the brain is affecting how your body is dealing with with things and then the way that your body is dealing with things is affecting how your brain is processing what it has just done right mm-hmm. so it's it's the yeah. communication goes both ways for sure um and this has been an emphasis in medicine and psychology the the psychological factors into disease and also um, the physiological factors that go into disease so with these two components these two components have been a focus of the medical community and the psychological community and and that mind body connection because both affect each other and so that's why i i firmly believe that when you're cut off from your instincts, when you're cut off from those roots, that that knowledge that lies deep within you, because everybody has felt this. This is not something that is unique for me or for you or for anybody else. Um, that instinctual reaction you have. Um, one time, an- another great story is I, I was one time when I was a teenager, I had a fight with my dad and I was in Brazil at the time. And we had this big fight and I just had taken off and we were actually like in the city um, and I had taken off and wanted to go home by myself. So to get home, I needed to take a bus and it was really late, late at night. So when I got to the bus stop, it was like a bus terminal actually, I found out that the last bus to go to my neighborhood had actually already uh, arrived and I, there were no other buses that were coming anymore for me to, to go back home. So I had to ask the security guard at the terminal which bus I could take that would get me closest to where I was going. And by this time, my phone battery was really low and I couldn't really communicate with anybody um, because it was about to die. So I, he told me that the bus that I was supposed to take was a specific one that was going to get me to a neighborhood right next to my neighborhood. So I took that bus and I asked the bus driver to let me know when we arrived at the stop that I was supposed to get off on so that I could get closest to where I was going. And so he let me know. And when when I stepped off the bus, I remember that I just looked at this place and I had absolutely no clue where I was. I was just completely lost. I had never seen this neighborhood before, even though it was, you know, um, from what they said, it was really close to my neighborhood, but I had never gone there before. I had no um, clue where it was. So I started walking around and I knew that, that I had to probably talk, I had to probably find someone to ask them directions because I just, I didn't know which way to go. So when I was walking, I, there was literally no one around because it was already very late at night and everything was basically closed. Um, It was very dark. And I saw um, a little bit further on that there was a party going on, a very loud party. It was a funk party, which is a traditional party. I know what you're talking um, about. In Rio. I'll be like, let me join. Exactly. I was like, oh, this, this looks fun, right? Um, <laughs> because it's like very, um, funk music is very, um, just very fun still music. still funk, it's is... a different thing from like the usual, what, whatever you think of when I say funk, but it's a thing. Yeah, 
it's it's a very particular um, genre of music from Brazil, and it's it's the type of music that you party to, that you dance to. Um, it's very lively, and so when I started walking towards that party, and I actually thought like, oh, if I go in, I'm probably gonna find someone who can give me directions. Um, so when I when I started walking towards it, this like extremely powerful voice, like strong voice just hit me and it told me don't Mm. go and it was very it was almost like it was very just like a rough type of voice very cutting it just told me don't go and at that time I decided to follow it I I was very I was confused whether I should go or not but when I felt how strongly it was talking to me I just felt this urge that I needed to follow it. And so I went the opposite way and I found this little bar that was open and there was this little grandma, like this little old lady. Um, she was drinking beer outside of the bar and there were like a bunch of people dancing and just drinking beer. And it felt safe. Like it felt, it felt somewhat familiar and I felt like I could probably um, talk to them. So I went up to um, the old lady um, who I felt was probably the safest person. Um, <laughs> and so I asked her, I was like, where am I? You know, I'm st- in the middle of nowhere and I, I'm trying to get home. Um, and I told her where I lived and she was like, oh, you're in this place, in this neighborhood. You're actually pretty far from where you live. This is kind of like, she, she told me in, in Portuguese, obviously, but she told me that it was kind of like a slum where I was. And, um, and I told her, I was like, well, I was thinking about, you know, heading over to that party over there um, to see if anybody could give me directions, but I decided not to. And she was like, oh, it's good that you didn't go because that party, um, there's a lot of, you know, very sketchy people that go and <clears throat> you could have possibly been in danger if you went. So it was actually very um, smart of you not to go past there, not even just not go in, but going past there would have been probably a bad scenario. And at the, when I heard that um, from, from that old lady, I automatically knew that something guided me out of that, out of that situation. Um, told right, me not to go. Logically, okay, there's people, I can find people and they will tell me where to go. <laughs> exactly. So it didn't seem like some, like, place that I would go and I would find myself in danger. Like it seemed like a, a, a good place. Cause you know, there's, there's a crowd, you know, there's, there's plenty of people, but my gut, something within me. And I, I speak about this instinctual voice because it was exactly the same voice that spoke to me in the relationship. And that has spoke that has actually communicated with me countless times, um, in many different situations. And in that time I chose to follow it and the old lady confirmed my, you know, my suspicions after listening to my gut voice that that was actually a potentially dangerous place. And there were some sketchy people um, at the party. So ultimately, I, you know, dodged a bullet. And so I told her, I was like, well, I really don't know how to get home from here. And I, I don't even know where I am. So um, is there any way you could help me? And she told me that her friend was going to take me home 
she said, don't worry, he's very trustworthy. I've known him for years, and he's going to get you home. And I felt deep within me this a reminds me of, because I that I could like trust these people. Relatively, I have put myself in a lot of dangerous situations that, like, logically, I shouldn't have. Um, but I feel like I, I'm, like, I play with my instinct a lot, and I feel like, especially when it comes to other people, I have a very strong sense if I'm going to, if I can trust the person or not. It's not that, like, I have not failed on that, but there was a lot of situations that was definitely going to be very dangerous for me to be in if I didn't kind of, like, trust that the person had good intentions to begin with. So I think it's important, like, the, it's important to show that this instinct is not always going to mm-hmm. be, like, you're going to get right. murdered if you go in there. Like, don't go. It's also, like, hey, trust this person. Or, like, hey, do that. Yeah, it's, it's, right. it can be for literally anything. Um, like the relationship, it wasn't a matter of life you and death. It's not like he was gonna Men murder me, right? <laughs> At least I hope not. <laughs> so I I followed um, my heart voice when I should have been paying attention to my gut. That that gut voice that I told that I told you guys about. And I think that in the most dire situations, I tend to go with my gut voice. Um, in other situations that may be safer relative to you know that previous circumstance that I talked about. I tend to go mostly with my heart voice, which tends to be in the clouds and it it thinks that everything is just pumpkin spice, everything nice. Um, And it tends to lead me um, down some complicated and difficult paths. Not that they don't have lessons, they definitely have lessons um, and there may be value in in following these difficult paths um, because of how much they teach you. Um, But at the end, end of the day, I think that if I was paying attention to that, um, that alarm, that voice of, of relationships are complicated. There's a lot that is in your, in your mind and in your heart when you are on them. But I feel like throughout, uh, like a big part of my past relationship, I felt, I, I heard that voice that you were talking about, this voice that like literally made fun of me in some senses, because I was like, you know, I was fighting so hard against that voice, that voice that was telling me, hey, this girl is not for you. And I was fighting so hard against it, but in the end, it sort of like triumphed in a way. Um, and I felt throughout this whole thing, like I was in like a roller coaster. Like my past relationship was very traumatic and like toxic in like a lot of ways, but like in, in some ways that like it, it was bad is that like we would like, um, get together and break up, get together and break up over and over again. And what, and that would be like in a very weird and timely manner. It would be like once a month we would break up. And I, what I really felt, it was like a build up of this intuition, like the build up of this very strong emotion that would be like, hey, this is not for you. Hey, this is not for you. This is not for you. This is not for you. And, and it will culminate in like a, like a peak. They'll be like, yeah, this is not for me. I have to break up. And then I would break up, but then there's a lot of other forces that are playing with this. And even though like there was some clarity in my mind that like, maybe this is not for me. There's also, there's other voices that will keep pulling me back to the relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. And I guess like the question that I have from this is like, how do we get to a point that we're so cut off from our instincts that we act completely against them? Even though sometimes, sometimes we don't know that they're there. We just know that something is wrong and we don't know exactly how to fix it. Mm-hmm. Right. And maybe maybe that was I don't know, but uh, sometimes we don't know it, but sometimes we know it and we know what it's talking about. Like, but what does it make us being so cut off from our instincts that we just 
we just act so much against ourselves in so many ways to the to our own detriment right right i think that it's a multitude of factors but i would say that we've been socialized in a way that cuts us off from our instincts so deeply um that we forget about this 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 inner knowledge that we possess so for example i think especially for women um we are socialized in a way where we are supposed to be agreeable where we're supposed to be somebody who's gentle and loving and not a bitch um <laughs> so our anger and our um the aggressive side to our nature becomes um secondhand and usually repressed so we cut ourselves off from those instincts we so that we can become um the ideal um woman in society that we can we can correspond to the expectations that our culture and society put upon us and i think that that's why there's that's one of the reasons not obviously it it doesn't account for everything but that's one of the reasons why there's an epidemic of depression and anxiety people are um are highly intellectualized um focusing on the mind and there's like this process of overthinking um where people are just stuck in 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 their in their mental processes they can't get out um it's anxiety producing because they fear for the future constantly worried about what's going to happen and um and they become cut off completely from their instincts they become cut off from this knowledge that they have that's living in their body um and cut off from their own bodies too um yeah i feel that like this is very true because the socialized part like for sure and i have a lot to talk about that but just like going back to like what you said because you really hit the spot for me that like we're so intellectualized in a way we overthink a lot so we're trying to like make sense of a lot of situations that you know they're much more instinctual and much more subjective with rationalization right so that's overthinking right you're trying to understand how someone else feels about you by trying to list down all their actions towards you and so you overthink it and you you, you never come to a conclusion or even like, you know, you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life and you're trying to find a career path, but like you keep just thinking about what you should be doing, about what everyone else is doing and what you're not doing. And you don't really open up yourself to find that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the more you try, and that's just like a fun trick that the universe plays to us, that the more you try to find something, the less available that something is to you. Because I think specifically that we find things based like we can only like we find things that really resonate with who we are and what we want to be if we are in touch with that um intuitive voice and we're not in touch with that intuitive voice if we're trying to rationalize everything right right if we're trying to um just make things as if everything is a mathematical equation that you have to solve for x you know life is not like that um there are plenty of situations where you don't have all the information you need to make a decision right i mean most of the situations we find ourselves in we don't have all the inf all all the information that we need to make a decision you don't know the consequences that are going to happen and if you do know you don't know the details of this of the yeah. consequences you don't know where it's going to lead you and so uh, many times we have to make these split second decisions in mm -hmm. our lives where we can't engage with our rationality because there are no black and white solutions there's not enough information for us to make these decisions and yet we still 
insist on going through the logical, rational process. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, with being, with trying to rationalize things. We're trying to process things logically. But there are many ways into, in, in which that is deficient, that is not sufficient for us to, um, to actually um, find our truth, find what, what will actually be best for us. Um, and that's where the intuition comes in. It just, it just comes out of nowhere. And it just, just kind of like it beats down its peer on the ground and it just tells you this is it or this is not it. No. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's just very, it's usually very short. Um, it doesn't go on a tangent like the, the heart voice or the mental voice that makes a list and it just starts coding things in <laughs> um, while, while the heart voice is just going on and on like poetry. And that gut voice is just so it just goes down to the root it's literally the root yes very blunt very blunt and it is the root voice and so it goes literally in the root of the problem and it tells you this is it or this is not it um go 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 away from like leave or stay you know um and i think that like um it makes like a very good parallel with something that you said that like this is a very primitive it's like ancient knowledge because what, what got me thinking is like, you know, I feel like nowadays we have this fake idea that we, we one, are supposed to know everything, two, that like, we, we are supposed to like be able to uh, account for all the consequences of everything that we do, right? And that's why we get so anxious, because we're like, well, you know, I know that if I do this, this, and this, and this, I'm going to get that there and there. But we cannot really predict that. And I think that like this... Um, allusion to the primitive voice, this primitive instinct, like I go back and think about cavemen. They didn't know about the rules of the universe. They didn't know the laws of thermodynamics. They knew that if like scratched through rocks with some flammable thing that they didn't know was flammable, they just knew that if there was a spark, it would, you know, bring fire. Like I feel like back then we didn't have so much, let's say like um, conceptual knowledge about the world. We have we had much more experiential, like empiric knowledge about the world. So um, I think like it makes sense that this whole hyper rationalization and like us thinking we're able to predict everything in the world is a very recent thing. But we're so drowning that because society pull, pulls us to be like that, and then it goes to the whole like socialization parts that like we are socialized and like we, we just, you know, we look at rationalization as the ultimate, um, ultimate um, expression of intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're like, you know, if you're smart, you're going to know all the consequences to your actions and you're going to act accordingly. But I just need to stress really well that we do not, we do not know all the consequences. And also most of the times when we act, we are not thinking about those consequences. Like, you know, I think the, uh, the rationality of human beings, it's not necessarily like because they, you know, people equate rationality with some sort of like stupidity, like that you are dumb if you're irrational. But I feel like there's these two forces um, and that the contrary of rationalization is not necessarily something dumb. I think it can be quite smart and primitive and in- intuitive. Um, it can really help if we can get in touch with that, right? Yeah, and they're not mutually exclusive either. You can right, you can right. be you can be an intuitive being and still be able to rationalize and still be able to think logically about things. Um, but what I know I, that to the like sixties man that thought that women couldn't be smart because 
we're too emotional for that. But. Exactly. And, and, <laughs> and it's like people always think in terms of, um, you know, there's no grayscale. It's only black and white. You can only be this or this. And there's categories and labels when, you know, you can be the, the, the human being is so complex. We are a million things all at once. And so um, the intuitive part of ourselves is not mutually exclusive from that logical part or from the emotional part, from the heart. Part. They're all um, essential parts to how we make decisions. And but what I what I do um, believe is that that gut feeling is is just so it's so knowledgeable. Um, like you said, you know, these, you know, the primitive human beings that were present in ancient civilizations, they had to use their instincts to survive. Everything was a decision that could mean life or death. And so they couldn't take the time to, you know, oh, let's, you know, try to um, draw here a plan. And, you know, with this formula, we're going to, we're going to be able to hunt, we're going to be able to hunt this, this buffalo, you know, that's, that's really not what happened, right? So a lot of their decisions, a lot of what happened was based on instincts. And we're still here, right? We're, we're still, the human species is still alive and thriving. And so we've come from all of those, like evolution man, means that we bring a little bit from everything that was be before us, right? Exactly. We bring a lot from our ancestors. Um, and they were, you know, highly instinctual beings. And so I think that when we are cut off from those roots, when we're cut off, and that's why um, a lot of humans are so, are so become so grounded when they're in touch with nature, when they're out mm. in the in the outdoors, you know, exploring and and doing things in in the natural world. They're not confined within their homes or or um, in other places indoors, um, because you become. I think that nature it it kind of awakens you to that instinctual self again you're able to observe how animals act you're able to observe how nature takes care of itself in a very in, in a process that is that is not in, intellectualized it's it's very just free-flowing um and and there's energy um flowing through these processes and when you become i think immersed into that in that environment it reminds you it awakens you to that part of yourself that has been sort of left in in the in the background and you've 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 um you've ignored it for so long because everything that we do in our daily lives um especially with work and and you know going to school um it's it's heavily it's it's really mental um it's it's all in the mind it's all about creating in the mind and and it's so tiring <laughs> it's so tiring to use our minds so much all the time it is it's very tiring and our bodies usually take um th there's there's a toll that, that our bodies um feel from this over intellectualization that um cuts us off from um the knowledge of the body um what our body is telling us because a lot of our sensations and a lot of the emotions that we also talk about are um, originated in the body. And we may be able to process them in the mind and understand what they mean, but they come from the body. Mm -hmm. um, and so like when you're feeling fear, right, there's, a, there's usually this, um, this gut sensation or you're feeling sad, 
you know, maybe your chest is hurting or you're feeling burdened and your shoulders are hurting. And there's a lot our body tells us. And, and that's the thing. I think that when we're able to listen more to this instinctual voice, many truths are many unique truths because I think that everybody is unique and everybody has a certain certain way that they should go different paths um and so your instinctual voice will tell you something that may be different from my instinctual voice depending on on what it what what your inner truth is which may be different from mine even though we're interconnected and so i think that by listening to that voice a lot of a lot of truth can be revealed and the and the best paths can be revealed in life yeah i see that I feel like we could, as a society in general, we could really drop this like over-rationalization kind of way to see the world. Because I feel like that doesn't even just affect individual people. Uh, and it is one of the reasons why we're so depressed and anxious. Uh, because I feel like if you have to think so much, exactly what you said, like if you think too much, it plays a toll in the body. And then, yeah, you don't have any motivation if you're using all your energy into overthinking, like, what, like, whatever, who thinks of you, what they think of you, like, who you are, like, all those things, you know. But I feel like as a society, we could benefit from a more, uh, I would say, like, a more complex view on how we make decisions and how we, uh, how we just behave and act in the world. Because nowadays, we just think that everything that we do is based on some sort of rationalization. We base our policies, we base politics on the fact that like um, everyone is just purely rational into making decisions beforehand. Um, and I think we should be more aware of the nuances and the limits to our rationalization. So we can really, and, and it's a hard task, right? Because I feel like the moment that you, you go and you, because the rational part of our, of our lives, it's, basically what we have the most control over because it's our most conscious mind is mm -hmm. the conscious mind that can think that one plus one is two and then you can really and i know for you know i know for a fact that one plus one was two and i'm really certain of that so yeah it's fairly easy for you to just sort of you know face life as like a series of um you know propositions that you know that are true um but I feel like we need to step up in some ways and be like, no, let's face this part of, of life that are sometimes very counterintuitive uh, or like contradictory, not just counterintuitive, but contradictory to a rational mind. Um, and I think that a lot can benefit from us to seeing the nuances of human behavior. But one of the things that I was thinking is like, so I think that one of the ways that, that one of the things that I do that really helps me to like get on in life is that I self-reflect a lot. So I kind of like rationalize over my emotions a lot. Um, and I wanted to, to ask you like, how does that play? Like, what am I doing with my voices whenever I am, you know, sitting on my couch and, and sort of reflecting about the emotions that I'm having, like rationalizing? Cause I, I do this all the time. Like, oh, I felt very insecure in that situation. So why am I feeling insecure? And then I try to go back and really understand like, Sort of, try, sort of like try to extract from the emotion itself some truth to it. You know, so what, what are the truths behind that? So like, how do, how do we uh, think of this rationalization of emotion? I itself? think that it can be useful and it can be beneficial to a lot of people to be able to understand where their emotions are coming from because there are some causal factors. Sometimes a really difficult childhood, um, some 
you know, previous relationships and um, relationships with the parents and, and dysfunction, dysfunctions that may have happened in those relationships, um, abuse. Um, when you're able to pin down sometimes the causal factors of these emotions um, may not be the immediate um, the immediate cause. So, for example, if somebody, um, I don't know, if somebody honks you in traffic and you get like, ex you just become enraged, right, um, because that person honked, right? It's not because the person honked. It's, it's a cumulative thing. It's something that's been um, sort of um, accumulated over time. And there are certain things you could probably trace that emotion to, which could signal to you um, the most vital causal factors. Um, and I think that that's important and it can help you process these emotions. It can help you become aware when they happen again. And um, you're able to understand that sometimes that stimuli that is, that is occurring is not what is truly behind that emotion. But sometimes I do think that when you're feeling a certain emotion, it's very helpful that you that you sometimes just let yourself feel it let yourself express it um without dedicating too much um of your cognition to the emotion trying to unravel and, and peel back the layers i think that sometimes when you just experience that emotion it can also be profoundly um it can it can it can reveal very important things um, just by themselves, just, just by experiencing the emotion, feeling it and processing it and knowing where it comes from in the body, for example, yeah. um, instead of just going directly to the mind to try to process them. When you're able yeah. to feel the emotions in your body, understand where they come from and get in touch with them, but without labeling them without um, attaching any sort of, of causal factor to them, then I think that that's also extremely helpful for you to express it, not just let it become stagnated in the mind and you're able to express it. Yeah, because then I think that like, um, and it, it is true, I feel like one of the things that I learned this year that has helped me like a significant amount of like how to deal with my emotions is actually letting myself feel them because I feel like I, my mind races all the time. So I'm always like pep talking myself. So I'm always like something bad happens. Immediately my reaction is to go full rational about it and be like, okay, no, you're fine because this is this, this and this and this and that. But then I never feel the emotion and I feel that like, it goes back to the the little the little miles running on the the little wheel, right? Like you just you you get yourself stuck, overly rationalizing some sort of emotion to try to make sense of it, and then you never let go of the emotion. And I feel like I've been learning how to deal with painful situations a lot better by allowing myself to feel that pain because I was so afraid of feeling pain, of feeling embarrassment, of feeling shame, of feeling nervousness. Like I was very afraid of those negative emotions that I will always try to fight them by over-rationalizing them. And what I've been learning is that like, it's quite the opposite is that I have to learn how to feel them and let them, you know, take over my body, but not get attached to them. I feel that like that's a very important part too, is that like you have to, you know, let the emotion go and feel you, but always know that, you know, your brain states, they're all temporary. 
like you, your brain is always active. So it's always creating new states, right? And sometimes we think that, you know, emotions are just going to, if you allow yourself to feel that emotion, you're just going to be sad forever, let's say. But it's not like that. Like you just, you have to let it go through it. And exactly like that's going to, and, and I think that like the most, sometimes the most valuable lessons are from feeling the emotion and letting it hurt you and letting a part of you die with the pain. So then you can be rebirthed with mm-hmm. a different self that it's going to be stronger when facing that pain again right um and i think that the rational rational side it's, it's it's good for you to maybe like unravel some emotions that you don't know where they're coming from i think that that's very important uh, to understand you know like i don't want to feel nervous but why am i feeling nervous i feel like as like in the long term it's good to to rationalize and to reflect back on your emotions but when you're feeling them per se i feel like it's good to sort of let them come to you Exactly. You and know, that's a big them, thing about meditation, attached, which is something that I practice you, you know. almost every day, um, is the focus when you're, when you're meditating, you're letting, um, you know, you're, you're trying to focus on the breath, you're trying to focus on your bodily sensations, on the awareness of your body. And so if emotions come up, you're able to detect where they're coming from. And it's just like this very subtle, det- like, you don't focus on them and try to um, overthink them. You, you just just feel them and aware that that's like the only word you're aware. And, um, and if thoughts come into your mind while you're meditating, which you're trying to empty your mind, empty your thoughts from your mind and thoughts come in, that's perfectly okay. Um, you just, you, you know, observe them, you accept that they came and you let them go. It's sort of like the same thing that you do with the emotions. You observe them in your body. You accept that they that they're there, that they're you know present, and then you just express them, let them go, you know. Um, and so with meditation, that's so great because you build that awareness. That awareness starts um, becoming just sharper and sharper um, until the point where you're able to see the voices, th- those voices that I talked about clearly when they're um, talking to you where you're able to know what emotions you're feeling and where they're coming from in your body and not get too attached to them when they happen, right? Not, 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 not go crazy and overthink them. Yeah. And, and, and I think that like, once you do get in touch, uh, you know, you let this emotion, I feel like by letting yourself, feel yeah. stuff, that's when you get the intuition. Like that's when you allow your intuition to come as well. Right. Like not to try to like, you know, cut yourself, rationalize yourself. And- the emotions also, I think, feed into that gut voice, that gut feeling, that 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 voice that talks to you just so uh, strongly. Um, so, I think that emotions are a guiding post, even though when they when they go to the heart, that heart voice, they can become way too distorted, they, and they and they will they can lead you down towards illusory paths um, that can that may not be for your higher well-being for you for your higher good so um it's it's an important distinction to make um and yeah i agree i think that that gut feeling that instinctual voice can actually come from those emotions that you that you're aware of i think that you know the bottom line lesson that we got from this conversation is balance i think it's balance it's being able to balance these three voices that you mentioned and you know um 
being able to really see how they're playing a role in your decision making so you're more aware of you know the strings that are being pulled on you um so you can actually make the better decision for yourself um a more clear decision than if you were just being you know let yourself be taken over by either one of those voices right and i guess talking about the heart and the mind really balance those two so then you can, I feel like if you balance those two, then you open the path for your instinct to come as well. And um, really point out for you, I guess maybe the, uh, and I even wrote this in the beginning of our conversation that I feel like maybe the instinct, it's some sort of like an emotional rationalization. So it's, it's a bit of both. It's a bit of the heart, it's a bit of the mind, um, but it comes as like a very, you know, blunt truth that just comes, rushes through your mind, and you know something, uh, you know something that, you know, I guess it, it, it's sort of, um, it's some type of truth that you know, but it also has an emotional connotation because you feel it, it's coming from your gut, it's coming from your body, it's an emotional reaction, but it has also some truth. Right. There is ancient knowledge within you and it's, it's within your body. It's there for you to access at any point. And what it does is it can, communicate with you and i think that's what you're trying to get at the that gut feeling can communicate with you through emotions and through the mind so it will it will give you that um that first um intuition and that you will be able to obviously you need to you will need to form some type of thought around it and um to be able to know what to do next and you will also feel that that emotion much like what i said before about the punch Right. Um, about that feeling that just like like hammer falling down, um, you know, within you. I just want to say that I love the punch analogy because it really feels like a punch. Like, <laughs> I feel like it usually hurts. It usually hurts because I feel like when the intuition comes, it means that you just like it. You need it hurts because sometimes it's telling you something completely against what you're doing. And you know it's right, and you know so well that it's right. It, it's so truthful that it may even hurt, right? While your heart's just going on a tangent and trying to make you feel good about everything and trying to make you usually stay in the situation and see everything from the good side, and your mind's just running around in circles like a, like a madman, um, you know, in that, in that little hamster wheel not going anywhere. Yeah. You have that gut feeling that just... It's so sharp and blunt and, and, and in a way, objective. Like, it, it doesn't leave room for questioning. It just comes in, and you may ignore it, but it's hard to question. You can, you can certainly shun it and, and tell it to go away and just keep on following or the overly, overly um, optimistic script that your heart has written or, you know, the, the little lists and... and and the codes and the formulas that your mind's creating around the situation, but that's not never going to give you a path forward. And, and that's where the gut comes in. And I think that um, mm -hmm. by being able to connect to that instinctual yeah. part of yourself, you're going to be much better off. And, yeah, this was a very good <laughs> conversation. Thank you, Nachi. This, oh, you always bring so much wisdom. Thank you so much, Jorge, for um, sharing this moment with me. And yeah, that's pretty much